Hey, this is Brent Ingersoll from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. Pastor Brent spoke last week uh, on Nearness Month, and you've heard this morning, really, where we've had a focus on drawing close to Christ. And we are a church that is based on what? The Word of God and Jesus. And all all year long is Nearness Month, and our relationship with Christ is to draw near to him, and he draws near to us, as Pastor Dan just said. But this particular month, if you remember last year, we called it Holy Spirit Month because we really wanted to take a month, and Pastor Brent just went through and taught us so much about the Holy Spirit. Who learned last year? I did. I'm going to share more about that at the end of today. But this year, we're calling it Nearness Month because we know it's important just to set things aside and give Jesus the time to create healthy habits in our life as we draw near. And today we're going to be in Ephesians. And the title of our sermon today is The Battle to Stay Close. I could actually call it Listen to Your Wife, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. The, the Battle to Stay Close. So it's on the screen, Ephesians 6.10, and we're going to read it all, and it's on the armor of God. So a final word. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on all, everyone say all, all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Not maybe, you will be Standing firm. So stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness. For the shoes, put on the peace that comes with the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your word and just the power that it holds. So Father, as we dig into what Paul is saying this morning, God, may we apply it to our life and may may we walk in step with you. We praise your holy name. Amen. Amen. So you're all wondering about my broken foot, right? (laughs) The purple cast. The purple cast. Um, It was supposed to be a darker purple, not my fault. Um, Anyway, my foot. So uh, Julie and I were praying and and really considering, and we made the wise decision that we'd spend all our extra money on dirt bikes. Um, So after we fasted and prayed, we decided to do that. I used to dirt bike a lot, and I love um, to race bikes and do that whole thing, and I was excited to get back into it. Like I said, Julie and I agreed I'll spend all my spare time, all our spare money, and I'll just commit really my life to motorcycle racing this summer. So... Listen to your wife. Um, so I was all excited to go biking. I, my bike needed a bit of work, so I take it up and I give it to my friend in Moncton. And this guy, first of all, motorcycles to me, <laughs> close to an idol, but I'm not going to say that. But I love them. And the guy had it done up. I went to pick it up. He calls me. It's ready. So, of course, I drop everything. We're going to the family cottage for the weekend. Don't worry, Julie. I'll be there. I got to go get this thing. I'll go get it. And it looked, it was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. And so he said, do you want to start it up? Yes, I want to start it up. So I'm just, it's just crispy and crunchy and just looks so good and new. 
So I put it on the truck, and it's just like, I don't know, hunters in here, if you ever shot like a big buck, how you drive around town with it on the hood of your truck, that's me. I'm stopping at every gas station on the way and talking to people. Check this bike out. I used to win trophies and the whole thing. And then, so Julie says, you're not bringing that thing to the camp. And I said, no, I'm not going to bring that down to the camp. And I said, actually, I am going to bring it to the camp. So, so I do. She's like, don't bring it to the camp again. Listen to your wife. So I get it down there. And before dark, I said, I got to take it off the truck to put it in the shed because someone will steal it. And all this. So I take it off the truck, and I start it up. And it sounds like, I'm telling you, I should have brought it. Um, it just sounds so, like, crispy. And, like, I'm a two-stroke guy, and it stinks, and it smells. And it's just, huh. So I got to take it for a little ride, of course. Um, so I take it for a little ride. And uh, the, the next scene is me rolling around in the driveway screaming and hollering with my foot not only broke, but found out it's broken six places. Um, and watching my son and his friends that they had down exciting to go fishing and all that. And they're just standing there like, and I'm ah, ah, rolling around in my foot and looking at Julie. thinking it's going to be okay. We'll have a great weekend. Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's okay. And remember seeing Julie sitting like this. And she's looking. And because I know what she's thinking. She's not thinking much about me. She's thinking how I've already destroyed most of her life. And now I'm going to destroy the rest of it <laughs> for the next while. And see, now I'm texting my buddies because we're all excited to go riding and I'm sending them pictures of my foot. And if you talk to Pastor Andy, he said it looked like Jabba the Hutt's tail. Um, it was black and blue and weird shape. And um, they text me and said, that doesn't look like you were wearing your MX boots, which is a motocross boot. I never, ever, 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 ever ride a dirt bike without my MX boots, except that day. I was so embarrassed to text. I almost lied. I was like, yes, of course I was wearing my MX boots. Do you think I am crazy? I didn't put my MX boots on, and I broke my foot. And, you know, it reminded me of this passage, and it reminded me of this journey in Nearness Month that if we don't put on all the armor, I had the helmet, I had the pants, I had the gloves, I had everything on, but I didn't put one piece, and I got broke, and I got bit. And it so reminded me of this passage of Scripture and the journey of life that so many of us go into the battle half-dressed. We do. And we think we're going to win and we're going to conquer it. And you know what? You don't have your helmet on or you don't have your belt of truth. And we're going to look at those in a minute. Or you don't have the shield of faith. Yet you're thinking you're going to survive and you're going to thrive. So ask yourself maybe a question. How's my battle going? And again, we're all in battles. Like Jesus says, this thing called life is a battle. It just is. And it's, Paul says we're fighting things we cannot see. And it is real. We all know that we need to get in the presence of the Lord. And Pastor Brent spoke last week. We need to be in his presence. And this morning, and we come and we worship, we need to be in his presence. We do. But we all know we need to be on a diet too. We all know I need to stop doing these things. I need to stop watching porn. I need to stop running around. I need to stop gossiping. I need to stop taking offense to every little thing. I need to stop doing all these things, but we don't. And every time for me in my life, I don't know about you guys, but I fought some serious battles, and we all have. Some of them by my choice, consequences of my sin, sometimes just life. And you know, not every situation is from the devil. You know, this foot is not, is not from the devil. This foot is from me being a fool and going out. But the devil will sure use this to try to destroy my mind. But the Father will use it to draw me closer. He will. He will. 
See, in, in the world, and you guys know, and we don't have to go into a whole bunch of detail, but we're going to um, a little bit, but like what the world says about addiction, there's no hope. You know, we're celebrating um, people, and they've put in testimonies on Facebook that are getting free from meth addiction. They're celebrating like a year and a year and a half. You know the world says that's a 2% chance? No, think, think a 2% chance, and we're celebrating multiple people in years of recovery. Jesus says, no, I give hope. And he uses it. Testimonies, powerful abuse that you've grown up with. Well, you know, it's just something I'm going to have to carry. I'm going to be in trauma therapy for the rest of my life, and those things are good. No. Jesus says, I will give you comfort. I can come into that place if you'll allow me. If you'll dress, myself in, dress yourself in him, he will come into that place, and healing will start. Mental health, that's who I am. That's my burden I have to carry. It, and you know what? Mental health is, is a thing, but man, we have, and I can see sisters and brothers right here that have conquered mental health, and yeah, it's a thing, and, but Jesus will come alongside you in that and give you peace and give you a fully alive life in that. He'll take that story, and you can use it. And Paul talks about this in Ephesians, how we can be victorious in the battle, how we can stay close as we journey through life. So the big idea and the question that we're going to answer, we're going to talk about today is how do we stay close in the battle? How do I stay close? You know, a few months ago, I would say after Christmas, when of course the diets are starting and all this is starting and all this in January, um, I, was, I would say I was going through some growth pains. It wasn't a real dark season, but definitely going through some growth pains. The church on the west side is growing. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Like, it, it, I'm praising the Lord in this hand, and then on the other hand, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing either. Like, and it's just, it's amazing, and we hired more staff. Yes, it's awesome. Now I gotta figure out what they can do because I don't even know what I do. You know, it, it's just, I just do it. And, and I'm going through this season, and I'm thinking, man, I need some help. Like, Julie's like, what is going on? And are you spending time with the Father and all this? And I'm just kind of all over the map. And God started to reveal some things to me. And I'm looking for self-help books. I'm looking for Dr. Henry Cloud to, you know, I actually almost booked like a, a thing to go see him and, and hang out. And I'm doing all these things. You know what? Those things are all super, super healthy, and we need those things in our life. But without the presence of the Father first, man. And you know where I ended up? Back at the basics. And back at the basics. And if you look at Jesus' teaching and a lot of his teaching, most of his teaching, Jesus is telling stories and asking questions. And I had to ask myself some questions. And what I love about this passage of Scripture is you cannot read this passage of Scripture if you're in the battle without asking yourself some questions. Like, do I have the helmet of salvation on? Well, I'm not acting like I do. And this isn't a condemning thing, man. There's grace in all this armor. There's grace in it. You know, over the years, I've learned a, a lot of things, and most of them the hard way. Um, uh, but one thing I've learned is following Jesus isn't easy, but it's for sure not complicated. Oh, why do I try to complicate so many things? You know, you can't read this passage without asking yourself, questions and this is a basic pack passage and this has been this has been a key for me and I've always kept coming back to this when I'm struggling or I'm in the middle of something and I don't know what it is for you or where you're at or maybe maybe the battle's really thick and it feels like it's just a lot of weight or maybe you're just good but you know you know it's gonna happen like life does happen you know there's 
I said this a, a few weeks ago at West, and I've said it multiple times, and I'll say it again. I've only ever left the presence of the Lord empty when I'm full of myself. And as Pastor Brent said, the first step to this is confession and emptying it all out. See, in the book of Ephesians, Paul is in prison, all right? And he's, right, he's in Rome, he's, he's in guard, and he's talking about these soldiers. And Ephesus and the church, they were a strong church, a healthy church, so much so that the silversmiths in that city and in that town wanted to kill them because they weren't buying silver to build idols. Like, like this church actually became a stronghold for spiritual warfare. Jesus references it in Revelation with a thumbs up. Like Ephesus was good, and Paul still feels he needs to close this letter and say a final word to them. And I think it will help us and remind us how to stay close in the battle. And the first one we're going to talk about today is we need to be prepared. Number one, we're going to look at three, is you need to be prepared. It says in Ephesians 6.10, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of an unseen world. Against mighty powers in a dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. See, Paul is telling us that we need to be prepared, that we need to be ready, and we've given the tools, we are given the tools, the armor to be ready. See, Paul would be relating to these Roman soldiers, and I had some time we spent in Israel. I went over with Pastor Brent and the team. It was absolutely amazing, but one thing I noticed is Rome doesn't mess around. When they come to your town and they're building something, you're working for them and they're killing your whole family until you do. So these guys were elite soldiers. These guys were the, the these weren't your CrossFit soldiers, these guys would cut you up in pieces and not to get all, these guys were nuts. And everybody knew who the Romans were. They were very, very recognizable. And these soldiers, they would train and train and train. He was looking at these guys and they were no joke. They marched in perfect union in the thousands. They excelled in running, swimming, jumping. They trained with packs on their back with like 100 pounds. They were twice as heavy than the armor they had to carry. They trained with swords and weapons of wood that, again, doubled the weight of their original and their real weapons. They trained in the morning and the afternoon. They had the best food, the best nutrition. And then prior to battle, they would get up at 6 a.m. and train till midnight for weeks. And on top of fitness, they were the best, best, like they were skilled at weaponry. They were skilled in um, how to ride horses and in combat. These guys would be expected to walk five miles an hour, five hours a day with 100 pounds on their back. So everybody knew you didn't mess with the Roman legion. And Paul uses this contrast and this parallel because he's telling us we need to prepare for this life like they prepare for battle. That this isn't, and again, this, like, the burden of Jesus is not heavy. So, so again, th th we get to do this. Right, But this is a serious thing. Like We are fighting. I'd love, and Pastor Brent's probably preached on, on this passage on the evil spirits and all these things in this world. You know, that, that is a big thing, and that is real. And Paul is telling us, do not take this battle lightly, because if you do, we will lose. It says we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We need to be prepared, and we need to walk in authority, as the Romans did, as Paul uses that parallel. 
in this spiritual journey that we are on. We need to be prepared. We need to be honest. You know, the, the battle in the spiritual realm and in the heavens, that, that battle is as real, more real than the chair you're sitting in. It is, and many of us just think, like, like I, I don't even have to explain it if you just look at our world. Like, we don't even have to go into detail. We know what is going on, and we know that the spiritual realm is real, and we know that there's an enemy out there that is trying to kill and destroy you, and guess what? The enemy hates you, and he wants to kill you. You are his enemy. See, this is a lifestyle. It's a training, and it's a blessing. Like, to train with the Father, we get to, like, how we actually do this is getting in the presence of the Lord and clothing ourselves with his righteousness and his glory and salvation and peace and the word of God. This, this, this is, a, is a blessing. And, you know, the first step to putting our armor on, and Pastor Brent said it last week again, is in the confession that you need to take the old off. Do you ever try to put an old shoe over a new shoe? or try to put like, like a ball cap on and another ball cap. Some of us are trying to put old armor or new armor over old armor. The first step is we actually need to disclose, disclose it all. We need to get rid of it. You know, my friend, um, years ago, th this is a great illustration on this, and see, because the enemy says that he's gonna come at us with strategies, right? That he's gonna find your weakest point and he's gonna come in there and try to take you out. That's what he does. And I had a friend, and his name was Joe, and a, a dear friend, and Joe's whole life was falling apart. Um, Joe used to have to go hide in the bushes to watch his kid play on the playground. He wasn't allowed near his family, his wife, they were done, it was over. And I see Joe was working hard on his relationship with Christ. He legit was, he was digging in and digging deep, and now his wife started to talk to him. I remember the first day he got to visit with his daughter, it was unbelievable. We were so excited, and we seen that relationship start to grow, but you know what? I'll never, ever forget the day when that brown envelope showed up, and it was the divorce papers. Joe couldn't believe it. He thought things were going good. The enemy shot a dart right where he thought he could get Joe, and I'm not saying the divorce papers were from the enemy, but the enemy was gonna use it. And you know what? Joe had a really tough time, but Joe made it. And Joe pushed in. See, Joe was clothing himself in the armor of Christ. See, it wasn't about what he could get. It was about who he was following. And Joe made it, and God restored that marriage years later, and it's amazing. I have another friend, Mike. Mike was a Navy SEAL, and this guy was nuts. Absolutely unbelievable. Hiding trees, scaring us to death all the time, sneaking up behind us, pretending he's killing us. It's just unbelievable. Like, I'm, this guy was up in the morning and had breakfast and ran forever before we ever got out of bed. He did everything right, reading his Bible. Like, this guy was working it hard. And his paper showed up. And Mike didn't make it. See, Mike was doing it for what Mike could get. And when Mike didn't get it, Mike was done. See, the enemy, that kink in the armor, where I, I would have picked Mike would survive it, not Joe. Life happens, whether it's cancer, whether it's loss, whether it's grief, broken hearts, offenses, addiction. The enemy is watching and he is planning and he wants to take you out. So a couple questions. Are you preparing? I, I love asking myself questions. I hate answering them. But that's where I got back to the basics. Are, are you actually preparing? Preparing or are you expecting? 
What is your plan this month? What's one thing that you might do or two things that you're going to do so you could stay close to the Father? Are you accountable to somebody? Are you accountable to someone? Next one is be confident in your defense. Now that we're prepared or preparing, are you confident in your defense? Paul says in verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes with the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Paul is saying that the armor of God is enough and that you need to be confident in it. You need to believe when you're wearing it that it's in his strength, not yours. Our job is to prepare and study and learn. His job is to protect us. And we need to trust in him. You know, I wish I had time to go through all these, but I do real quickly want to talk about the belt of truth. We'll just do it quick. The belt of truth is Jesus. It's, it's what holds it all together. And none of us would get dressed this morning and put your belt on first. <laughs> That'd be weird, right? Maybe some of you do. I'm sorry, that's wrong. Your parents did it wrong. But um, <laughs> you don't ever, but, but in this, you do put the belt on first. See, Jesus is it all. He's the truth. It's what it's built on. And without the truth, forget it. You'll get all sideways. It's what holds the breastplate on, which protects your heart. See, truth molds the heart, changes the heart. And shoes, they were like leather boots with cleats, and they would dig into the ground, and we stand our ground, and we stand firm, and we have peace and confidence in who we are and who he says we are. You know what truth is? It says in John 14, it says, Jesus told them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I love that this is truth. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, the plans for good and not for disaster. I give you a future and a hope, and in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Do you really believe in the truth of Jesus? Truth is what holds us all together. I've got some guys coming up. We're going to talk about the shield, and we'll have them come up. Here, right now, my Roman soldiers. Who would be a sermon with me without a big prop that took my guys all week to build? Um, um, these guys are gonna come up, and we're gonna talk about the shield of faith, and it says, it says, in addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Aren't these guys cool? You had to pick the biggest guy in the whole church? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I love the shield of faith, and what, what I love about the shield of faith is because the Roman soldiers would have these shields, and they would lock them together, and they would actually hide behind them, right? If I was behind it, you might see a little on the sides hanging out, but those guys were fit, right? And they would hide behind these shields, and you can imagine how intimidating this would be when there's thousands of them coming your way. And actually, the word for this, the Greek word, is actually called like a tortoise, like a shell, and you'll see they put these up, and they would protect and they would hide. Can you imagine what thousands of these would look like? The one on the end can go a little higher. Other end. There we go. It's like, it's like a shell, right? And it would protect this. Can you imagine what this would look like when it's coming towards you? See, they would lock them all together, and this is how they push back the enemy. See, faith is moving in God's direction. When you move in God's direction, it puts a protection over you. And you know what else this looks like to me? 
This looks like Christian community. Hence the king's logo in the little Bible on there. This looks like community to me. Like, are you in this battle alone? Like, can you imagine, like, they would say that the Romans would be behind these things and they would be chanting and they would be singing. Can you imagine the thunderous roar of thousands of these and these are coming towards you with your little bow and arrow? And these things are soaked in leather and they're huge and these guys got, like, muscles and whatever. They're coming hard. That's the power of Christian community. We were never, ever, ever meant to do this alone. Thank you so much, guys. We're going to keep two ears on the stage. Can you give them a hand? Thank you. Um, you know, some would say that the armor of God would be incomplete because there's no armor on your back. And see, in Rome, in, in the way warriors would fight is they would always fight back to back. See, because you've got my back, I've got your back. Some of you are trying to do this alone in your shame, in your lies, your dishonesty, your brokenness, and you feel hopeless and you feel alone. Warriors trusted each other. Your faith builds my faith. And my faith builds your faith. Almost to say, if your armor's incomplete, so is mine. Who are you locking arms with? This month, who are you accountable to that is like-minded? Like these soldiers were united in the mind and they were like they were like together, like a military force. And so are we together as the family of God. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate that. You know, it reminds me, reminds me of the story. I was in high school and uh, my friend, I had a, a friend and uh, Scott, and he was the biggest guy in the school and the toughest guy in the school. And I had some guys picking on me and I was ready to fight, and the thing is, we were meeting, I think, at noon behind the church. I don't know why, maybe I was hoping the church would save me. Anyway, um, we're going to fight, and the thing that these guys didn't know, there was a few of them, I had Scott. <laughs> and Scott used to go around the school with one arm tied to his side and with a set of boxing gloves and say, anyone want to punch me? And Scott beat everyone up. He was like 6'3", and he had curly hair in his legs and everything. It was unbelievable. <laughs> so I said, um, so I showed up at the fight with Scott behind me. I was pretty, pretty confident in my defense. Needless to say, there's no fight. So who are you in the battle with alone? Or who are you in the battle with? Some questions for you. And first, in your battle to stay close, you need the armor of God and the people of God. You do. So are you trying to stay close alone? Why? Do you have a defense? Do you trust it? And what or who is your defense? And because I'm confident in my defense now, I can be confident in my offense. And most of these pieces of armor are defensive, and, and I'm going to let you guys argue with me after and send Dan emails, but I'm going to say the helmet of salvation um, would also be an offensive weapon, and I'll tell you that in one sec. So it says, put on the salvation of, put salvation on as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. See, the helmet of salvation, if you looked into Roman history, most of them had this big red mohawk in them. Um, they had some type of identification on it that when you saw that thing coming, you ran. Because it was, 
you knew that that guy was going to run you over. It was very, very identifiable. They knew that that was a Roman soldier in that. And the same as us, when we, we can be fierce in the battle because my salvation is in Christ. I know that my mind has been transformed by him. Nothing is more powerful than a changed mind. Who has kids or husbands or wives? When my mind's made up that I'm dirt biking on for the weekend, my mind's made up and don't try to change it. And when my mind's made up that Jesus has changed me and transformed me, that is an offensive weapon that you can't take from me. And I have strength and I have wisdom regardless of what people say about me because I'm clothed in a new thing. My mind is being transformed. You know, I, I, I love listening and watching Mike Tyson. Who knows Mike Tyson? Please, people know Mike Tyson. If, if you don't, don't run into him at night and make fun of his social media. Um, he, uh, Mike Tyson's the best boxer ever. Okay, don't get a hardest hitter, whatever. He's going to knock your head off. So my son's into boxing, so we watch all these boxing things. And um, amazing. I was watching an interview with Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson, before he was training for all his fights, was scared to death every time during his training that he was going to lose. He would have nightmares about it. He was scared to death of the shame that he had from his past, the trauma that he would have from it, the embarrassment. But as he got closer to the fight, his confidence started to grow. And he said when he'd get in the changing room in the back, he'd be putting the gloves on. And when they tied the gloves, and I love, you got to watch the interview on YouTube. He says he's making his a fist and he can feel his knuckles starting to punch through the leather. <laughs> um, it just like, he said the confidence started to grow in him. And he knew at that point he wasn't going to lose. And as he would walk out and look at his opponent in the eyes, believing that he was not the same person he was eight weeks ago when he was training, that he's a new creation, and when the opponent saw him, he said he could see it in the opponent's eyes that they were only going to last maybe two rounds. And when Mike Tyson was healthy, that was the truth. You know what? You'll survive the battle if you allow him to transform your mind. And you believe that you're a wrecking force for the kingdom. And that the, 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 the spirits will not defeat you they will not cut you down. You'll be in a battle, but you are new. And your identity is in that. And you see, God will always remind you who you are. A few weeks ago, lots of stories like Jesus. Um, a few weeks ago, I was at men's breakfast, and they finally invited me to come and teach. That hurt my feelings for a year and a half, but that's okay. So I, I went, just joking, West. Um, I kind of, no, I'm teasing. So I showed up. And um, so anyway, I'm ready to teach. And for some crazy reason, and this has never, ever happened, my notes were gone. They, they like, were gone. So all I had was my slides to go off of. So I'm teaching, and of course, I'm finished, and I go in my office, and I'm pouting. Oh, it could have been so much better because it's all about me, obviously. Oh. And this guy walks into my office, and he goes, Adam Brewer. And I said, oh, my word, I hadn't seen this guy. He was a contractor I used to work for. He's like, halfway through, I couldn't even believe it was you. He goes, what are you doing here? What happened with all the drugs and stuff? And I said, I don't know. And see, I'm in my office pouting, this is another believer that's coming in and encouraging me. And in that moment, God was reminding me who I actually am. That I am transformed and that I am changed in the name and the power of Jesus and so are you. And when we're clothing ourselves in righteousness and, and, and just sinking into that armor of God, he'll remind you who you are. Amen? The fight is real, but our salvation is sealed. Whew. The fight is real, but my salvation is sealed. It also says the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. You know, I've got my old grandfather's Bible. I carry it around quite a bit, and it's all wore out, and it just reminds me that your sword shouldn't be shiny and new. 
It's like a dagger and a weapon that we use. This, this is our most offensive weapon that, that we win the battles that we strike. When the enemy gets in close, we cut them down, and there's no way you're going to do this unless you get it in you. This actually means the word of God, the spoken word of God, to proclaim it out loud. And you cannot proclaim it out loud if it is not in your heart. You'd just be talking a bunch of junk. We need to get this in us. We need to use it as the authority of God. We need to speak it. We need to speak it. It gives us purpose. It gives us passion. You know, the video game industry in the U.S., listen to this. The video game industry in the U.S. makes double the revenue of the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the Major League Baseball League, the Soccer League, and the Hollywood movie industry all combined and double it. And you know why? Because when you enter that space, when you enter that space, you know what your objective is and you know what your purpose is and you know what you're going after. By living, breathing, studying the word of God, you'll get your objective, you'll get your purpose and you'll know where you're going. That's the word of God. That's what it did for me and that's what it'll do for you. Paul is saying if you want to stay close and you want to be victorious, you need to know the word of God. I'm going to have Amber come back up and we're going to close. We're going to close with this. And of course, we can't close without talking about prayer. And it says in this, about the word of God, studying it, it says this book is alive, right? The Bible is alive. It is pulsating with life. It is. And the Holy Spirit wrote this whole thing. He did, and we need to ask him as we read it to bring it to life. There are new treasures in this. That's why this is my go-to scripture. Every time I go read this, it changes for me. It's fresh. It's new. And our objective and our purpose flows from this. But also it says, pray in the spirit at all times and every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That's why Jesus says, this shall be called a house of worship house of preaching, a house of prayer. And this is a house of prayer. This is how you go to the place of forgiveness. This is how you access the place of healing. This is how we access the Lord to fight against the enemy. And you know, the fight isn't even close. You know, if you lift your eyes upon him, stare at him, gaze upon him in obedience, he will answer you. If you find a secret place and you dwell with him, he will clothe you. He will show up when you need him to show up most. He will comfort you. So how do we stay close in the battle? We need to be preparing and studying and praying and getting before the Father. And we need to be confident in him and what he says and we also need to be on the offense. We need to be moving forward as a family and as a church. You know, last year, um, we did Holy Spirit Month. And I grew up, I've been a Christian for 23 years. I'd say I've been a follower of Jesus for 15. And I've really been a disciple. I know the definitions are all messed up. But really, like, in tune and, and, and wanting more from the Father for the last maybe 10. And last year, during Holy Spirit Month, I was actually sitting right here. And see, as a staff... We were preparing. We were a few weeks ahead of you guys. Pastor Brent was a few weeks ahead of the staff. And then we were a few weeks ahead of you guys as we went through this series. And you need to go back and watch that. But as I was, as I was preparing for the Holy Spirit and wanting more from him, I was studying this passage and just, and just 
I, I felt like I needed more, but I also felt like I was good. And, you know, there's two type of people in this room, two types today. I'll, I'll divide it that way. There's scales on either side, but those that are good, right, and those that are in the thick of the battle. But the battle is real for us all. It is happening. It is coming. It's there. And for me, I remember we had a time of worship as a staff. And I, I hadn't grown up in this atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. You know, I grew up in a, in a church and, you know, I learned a lot about the Word and the Bible and a healthy home. And I, I'm so grateful for that. But I, I just didn't have a lot of experience with the Holy Spirit. But I knew I wanted it. And, you know, there was even a lot of shame around me um, admitting that maybe I didn't have everything that he was going to offer me. You know, other people having experiences and me wanting so bad to have that experience. So we were coming in to worship one morning as a staff. We were getting together to have our worship time before we did it for the whole church and inviting the presence of the Lord Kim. And I came with my Bible because I was good. I was filled up. I was gonna sit in the front row and read scripture and make notes. Actually, I think it might've been a Tuesday night and we were gonna, I was going to celebrate recovery that night and I said, oh, okay, this is great. I'm just gonna, I hope everybody else gets the spirit and it's good. And as I'm sitting there and we start to worship and we just, all we did and like we've been doing is come Holy Spirit. And we're sitting there, and the only way I can explain this, that over the next hour, um, my focus and my demeanor and everything started to change. Uh, the best way I can explain it is there, like, there was thoughts, like, the, like arrows from the enemy were coming at me. And I could visualize them, and I could see them, and I could recognize them, but the cross in front of me was way brighter. And I just kept looking and focusing on the cross. The cross, again, Following the Father is not easy, but it's not complicated. So I'm focusing on the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross, and the arrows and these things and the distractions. You're good, Adam. You're good. You don't need it. It's good. And all of a sudden, it's like I broke through, and it was just silence. And I got wrecked in the most beautiful way by the Holy Spirit. It transformed me. It changed me. Pastor Brian was preaching last week, and he said, nobody get offended, but there's levels to this. Thank you, Lord, that there is. Because I was not ready for that 10 years ago. And because of suiting up and putting armor on and over the years and making mistakes and taking it off and putting it on and taking it off and putting it on, God was faithful. And you know what? I had no idea how empty I was until he filled me up. I thought I was good. He blessed me with a prayer language. I was laughing like a, like these guys. It's, Julie said the next day, you look different. And again, please, like if you know me and my background, this is not like, it, it took me a year to actually even share this because it was for me. And he's gonna touch you for you. So, for this month, nearness month, what are you doing about it? Do you want to be filled up by the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to prepare for that? And are you willing to trust what you're dressed in? And are you willing to step out in faith and move forward with the word of God on your lips and in your heart with a renewed and transformed mind? I'll have you stand and we're gonna pray the simple prayer that Pastor Brent prayed Last week, and really, it's just come, Holy Spirit, come. So if you just take a posture, put your hands out, and just invite him in your life again, this is, this is nothing we can do for you. 
This is nothing that we can do for you. This is something that you need to do and you need to receive it. And he wants to come into that place and fill you up. Pastor Brent said last week is that, you know, we need to confess. We need to commit the time and we need to consecrate. That, that we need to be confident in who he is. So we're going to pray and just invite the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? Father, would you touch us in the dry places? Would you encourage us in the sad places? Would you clothe us with your strength and your wisdom, Father? Would you affirm who we are, that we're your son and that we're your daughter? And Holy Spirit, would you fall in the dry places in our life? Would you consume us all right now in Jesus' name? Father, we praise you and we praise your holy name. Come. Thank you for your word and what it means, Father, as we apply it to our lives as we go out to our workplaces and our families this week, we rely on you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.